Howdy, Perry sisters and allies. Beth, Annie, Nat, and future guests are here to talk about how perimenopause is affecting our lives. We have more than likely been boozing, so if you're easily offended or you're looking for serious medical advice, you should see yourself out right now. What's behind these fits of rage? Decreased libido and dry vag stage. Why can't I focus on this fucking page? It's perimenopause. Yes, it's Perry. Yes, it's Perry. Must be Perry menopause. Welcome to Beth and Annie's Perry Menopodcast. We're happy you're here. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm 42 years old. I've been in perimenopause for four years now. With me on Zoom is my sister, Beth. Hey, I'm Beth. Um, I am soon to be, very soon to be 45 and have also been um, enduring perimenopause since I was 38. Also with us on Zoom is our friend, Nat. Hey, I'm blown away that you're about to be 45, Beth. That rounds up to 50. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just math. I've not experienced perimenopause directly, but I'm really interested in the stuff that Beth and you have told me about it. And I'm just glad to be along for the ride. And if I ask a bunch of questions, I hope they're not too stupid. Never, never stupid. We did in episodes two and three explore mood changes. No, you're not going crazy. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about skin changes, being a pimply teen with wrinkles. Obviously, future episodes will also focus on other symptoms that we have to put up with in perimenopause. Annie and I decided this podcast was really important because there's lots of information out there about pregnancy, childbirth, and then menopause, but a huge gap of information when it comes to perimenopause. The goal of our podcast is to educate so you know this is normal and natural, validate and support so you know you're not alone, and normalize it so we can start more conversations and learn to laugh at ourselves and each other. Laughter is the best medicine, right? That and alcohol and antidepressants and clonopin. Oh, that's a good one. Getting into the pod. Thanks again for having me. I think that's the quickest fuck you I've ever gotten in a podcast. (laughs) I've done, you know, hundreds. So I guess that's one for the record books. I wanted to get right into some of the questions that I had. We're talking all about skin issues, skin, stuff like that. What are some common skin issues? I know there's tons of them. Beth's alluded to and just directly told me about several of them in the course of our conversations. Some sound minor, some sound major. And I guess everybody suffers from them differently. But Annie, can you tell me about a couple of them, a couple of the big ones? Yes, I'm going to talk about sun damage and melasma. Um, sun damage, according to Dr. Marber, dermatologist and founder of MM Skincare, um, as quoted in Amber Sparks's 2019 InStyle article, your skin is going to show all of its sun damage. It's going to repair itself less and it's going to start being more dry. Kristen Dunleavy talks about the effects of decreased estrogen in her 2020 FemFarm article, noting that decreased estrogen levels lead to a decline in melanocytes, which are the mature melanin cells, and this decline of melanocytes can make you more prone to sun damage. Melanin is responsible for absorbing 99.9% of your UV rays. So without the melanocytes protecting our skin, we're more susceptible to the harmful effects of UV rays. Does any of that make sense? Uh Okay, that was new information for me. 
In terms of treatment, uh, you need to wear your sunscreen every day and cover up regardless of your skin tone, regardless of the season, because anyone can experience hyperpigmentation at any time. Take your vitamin C. According to dermatologist Patricia Wexler, as quoted in Rebecca Dancer's 2019 Allure article, vitamin C is a potent antioxidant and it can neutralize free radicals. And because of its antioxidant properties, vitamin C aids in your skin's natural regeneration process, which helps your body repair damaged skin cells. You also wanna take vitamin D. Uh, Watson and Cobb 2019 or 2018 Healthline article, vitamin D has antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. I did not oh, know that. that. Yeah, if you have acne that's caused by bacteria, then using topical vitamin D might calm the symptoms down a bit. Um, however, they did note that more studies are needed to be done to confirm how this works. They also said take vitamin E. Uh, the importance of vitamin E in the body's immune system helps regenerate cells. It also has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. But it's worth noting that vitamin E is not for everybody. Specifically, according to Rebecca Dancer, 2020 Allure article, People with super sensitive, very oily or acne prone skin should not use topical vitamin E. In addition, dermatologist Audrey Kunin notes that 1% of people are topically sensitive to the ingredient causing irritation, itching, or even a rash. Can I just ask a question? I know you're in the middle of this. I don't want to interrupt too bad, of course. but can you help me just in my brain tie this back to perimenopause? At least what I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot about potential skin damage and what you can do to prevent that. Is this specifically tied? To the condition, perimenopause? It is, yep. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, because decreased estrogen causes decreased collagen, and that's okay. really what affects your like elasticity and the thickness and your, your ability to keep moisture in your skin. All so, right. Yeah, it's Sorry all I didn't get that the first time around. It's a good question. I, didn't, I don't think I said it. Uh, you probably said it. I'm not a great listener. You have giant ear holes. How is that possible? Shut up. <laughs> or fuck you, I guess. <laughs> I've never noticed your giant ear holes. Okay, huge disclaimer. Uh, we are not professionals. We're just sisters doing online research. So consult your doctor if you're going to start a new topical treatment or take supplements. Okay. You can't sue us. You can't sue us. My favorite melasma because I personally, I mean, I've had tons of sun damage. You can't see, but I've got these little spots all over. But I do have melasma, so it's near and dear to my heart. And I'm just going to talk about what it is and then how to treat it. According to the American Academy of Dermatology Association, melasma is a skin condition triggered by a change in hormones or sun exposure, which then causes dark patches of the skin on the cheeks, forehead, bridge of nose, upper lip, and chin. It's common during pregnancy. I had it during pregnancy, and it's called the mask of pregnancy. And then after you have your baby and your hormones you know, balance out again, it usually goes away. Mine did. However, melasma can affect women of all ages and can last for decades. Um, in a Harvard women's Health Watch 2020 article, Dr. Karosh notes that melasma can lead to, and I'm so glad he said this, or, or she, I don't know who Dr. Karosh is, melasma can lead to significant emotional distress for the 6 million American women who suffer from this condition. And that I think is worth noting because my little ointment, my topical ointment, which I'll talk about in a second, I had to pay for out of pocket since it was considered aesthetic and not medical. For me, the distress, you know, is very mental health related. Are you talking about stress related to that condition? Or are you talking about it's like tied in specifically with mental distress? We have this skin condition and that kind of freaks us out. Right. Because of this okay. skin condition, because for me, it manifests as like on the upper lip, then I'm really self-conscious and I hate going out in public. I mean, not that I have to now because it's a pandemic, but 
normally non-pandemic years, yeah, it really embarrasses me and it's really hard to cover up. And one of the silver linings of pandemic is yeah. wear a mask you and wear a mask. cover up our summer yep. stashes. So, but the thing about melasma is it's skin pigmentation. So you can, and we're going to talk about facial hair in a little bit, but you can shave all your facial hair off, but it still looks like you have a mustache because it's a dark upper skin. lip. Yep. It's 3 a.m. and I cannot sleep. I'm tired and hot and trying not to weep. Why did he buy that fucking Jeep? It's perimenopause. Mine is like, I have a little bit on my lip, but I have a huge patch on my forehead usually. Um, And it was just like my mask of pregnancy. So I had a patch up here. It went all down my nose and on my chin and then a little bit on my upper lip. Huh. Is it something you can conceal with makeup or do you even care? Do you even try or? Um, Just for the record, I've seen Beth a lot and I've never been like, whoa, when I look at her forehead. Plasma. No, but never. you have never known me to not have it. When we met, I already had the patches of hyperpigmentation. Just part of the beautiful package was the no, thank you. splotch on your forehead. No, I'm just kidding yeah. because you never, I mean, I never <laughs> noticed it until you pointed it out to me. So. <laughs> It's true. I didn't know you like in high school or anything. Where it's and been, you don't have it on your upper lip, correct? You would not have talked to me. If I don't, I I do get it on my upper lip. It's not as significant there as it is on my forehead. It's just like this giant brown patch. I like things to be symmetrical and you know perfect, mm-hmm. but it's just like a blob <laughs> of brown. So I mean, Nat, I could try and cover it up with makeup, but I'd have to be really skilled at blending and I don't know I don't want this to come off even a tiny bit as like hey you should be trying to cover that up with makeup I do have makeup on today because I had a great I was gonna work thanks Mm -hmm. went upstairs and Steve was like are you wearing makeup and I said why he was like oh well you look good (laughs) and I didn't know if that meant you should always wear makeup or you shouldn't ever wear makeup I wasn't, he said it made, I looked more youthful. That's what he said. Do you think it had to have been one of those two things? Well, like why, I didn't, why were you, this is the fourth day in a row I've worn makeup. And today is the first day he's known, I don't. If I had a wife, she would probably, (laughs) would probably be the type of person that you could like leave something, like something incriminating, say, just like right on the table for four, four days in a row, probably. And she could walk right by it and not notice that it was there. Is Steve not an observant fellow? Oh, no, he is very generally. So that's yeah. why I was, I, I don't, maybe, maybe it's just the whole package today. I don't know. I, I did my hair. You got your hair did? Well, I did it myself, but <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a, you know, a, a color that looks good on my skin tone. Yeah, it makes you pop. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Annie? Do you wear makeup around the house a lot? No, I actually just wore wear two things: sunscreen and then Aquaphor. That's even when you're in the house. What? Well, especially in the house. Yeah, it's, it's so dry in here that I just like coat myself in Aquaphor. Really? Petroleum. Yep. Iowa is super in the winters. It's brutal. Do you guys dry? Not air, don't you? We do. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most people have humidifiers. We have fish tanks, you know, so those act like humidifiers. It's a lot quieter at your house than it was the last time. We yeah, you know, I threatened them. Yep. And to be fair, she had just, my youngest had just gotten home from school. So I felt really bad, you know, last time. Like the timing of it was just, it was 
I picked the worst possible hour. So they're settled. They've had food. They're watching their screens. They're Beth. I think they're with your girls. Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the screen. So they're good. Turn marsupial overnight. That pouch down there gave me a fright. Why are my pants so fucking tight? It's perimenopause. Okay, so I googled um, Dr. Karosh because I was wondering. I was curious. Male or female? Yeah, female. Okay. Stunning female. Ugh. Director of community health. Director of pigmentary disorder in multi-ethnic skin clinic. Wish you could see her. I the kind of black and white silhouette I can say, yeah, she's a knockout. Yep, yep, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, back to treatments. All right, keep it up. So this is Dr. Karish's. These are her recommendations. So based on her recommendations, clean your skin every night. This is stuff I did not know, so this was all great. It was new learning. She explains that airborne pollutants can bind to your skin and then corrode the protective surface, which then can make it weaker and more susceptible to skin damage or sun damage. So wash your face. Vitamin C and vitamin E, which we talked about earlier, you can use, they combat skin stress with their antioxidants. So they find those free radicals and attach to them. They come in serums. And I kid you not, after doing all this research, now I have stuff on my like grocery list. Like I've never bought into any of this stuff, like facial care stuff. My oldest, she does. She's got like a skincare routine. And then she actually has really good stuff. Like CeraVe. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And it yeah. has. I, yes. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. We can talk about, I, I'll plug my skincare, not my personal skincare line, but what I use too. Yeah. And then I'll tell you what I do with mine and you will oh, be shut up. I already impressed. Do you even wash your face? <laughs> Jeez. Ouch. Yeah. I wash my You're face. You're going to die. Like, what do you, I, I feel like Steve just like uses the same body wash for his hair and the rest of his well, body. Well, that's what I use. I use Purpose for, for everything. Yeah. What do you, my hair I mean, and my face wait. and my body, but it's yeah. showing. Yeah. Sorry, so, now you were saying, what do you use? Beth kind of insulted me and asked if I even washed my face. And then she kind of described what Steve does. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty close to what I do. But it's, but I'm washing it. I'm putting stuff on it and right. rinsing it off and everything. That's everything, right? We'll talk about my regimen in a little bit. But um, sorry, Annie, you can finish with melasma. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear about your regimen. Yeah. So use your serum with your vitamin C, vitamin E if you want to. And then after that, a good moisturizer to restore the lipid or that fat barrier on the skin. Consider using a prescribed topical treatment. And one of these, it's what I use, such as retinols and retinoid treatments. That stuff stimulates collagen production, which then can accelerate skin rejuvenation. You can also use a topical product called hydroquinone. Got it. Hydroquinone. I have it like hyphenated out, like how you're supposed to pronounce it. Okay. And that blocks the melanin production. This is what I, I use little triluma tube and i know our audience can't see it and it's attached to my baking soda because it has is that stuff always just next to you or did you put it next to you for the i put it next to me it has to be refrigerated okay and because i don't really use it in the off months like when it's really cold outside i tape it to my baking soda box so i can always find it but anyhow it has it has that ingredient that's though. something i would do it has, in it. it has yeah triluma so it has three active ingredients Two of them I'm not going to try to pronounce because I didn't Google how to pronounce them. But the third one is hydroquinone. Uh, she also suggests, this is Dr. Karosh, to be patient because, as I well know, and you do too, Beth, it can take months to clear up even with a topical treatment. And it, it did help me a little bit. I'll have to start again this March because um, you want to start about three months before. And mine, because it is, it lightens the skin pigmentation. I have to get in front of it 
before too much sun exposure and then I'll continue, I think through like December. But because I was wearing masks, I didn't really use it last year. Be diligent. Uh, melasma is quick to return if you're not careful with sun protection. And it also, I've read this one other one place, so I don't know how reliable it is. Heat can also cause it. So not just like exposure from the sun, but for example, like if you're doing hot yoga or anything, you know, that makes your body hot. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I don't know if there's truth to that because I asked my dermatologist and she said no. So two, there are two main types of sunscreen. There's sunscreens that use chemicals such as oxybenzone and then sunscreens that use physical blocks, blockers such as zinc and titanium dioxide. This is what I use. It's sun bum and it does have the zinc in it. Which is essentially desitin. Like it's a desitin, cream. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It says that it goes on clear, but it, it, there is like a little white film to it that you can see. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, wear sunscreen all the time, regardless of the season. Reapply every two hours if you're outside and wear a wide-brimmed hat. If you're outdoors, do you both have wide brimmed hats? I do. Amen. Yep. Every yeah. season I get a new one. Okay. I was hoping maybe you had one sitting next to you on the dresser. <laughs> you just... Well, it's winter. You know, uh, mine's in the car. I don't know. <laughs> I don't own a wide brimmed hat. We'll get you one. Beth, will you want to tell us about your regiment? I want to hear about your regiment. Like what well, goes I in? I want to talk to you about a couple other things and then I will go into the regimen that I follow to try and mitigate or at least, I guess, mitigates the same thing. Try to cheat death. Yes. That's what this is all about, Nat. <laughs> or <laughs> die beautiful. Right. Right. My summer mustache is from the sun. Not enough hair left for a bun. Why can't I have any fucking fun? It's perimenopause. So I'm going to cover wrinkles and sagging skin and adult acne mm. in the same Amber Sparks in style article. She explains again how there's a drop in estrogen. So that results in thinner skin, not just uh, our skin, but now we're thin skinned in so many ways. Your body stops making as much collagen. So you lose the elasticity there's also a decline in estradiol uh, that causes the skin to age faster. So when estrogen drops, the fat that's in our faces gets redistributed. So it's not nice and plump in our cheeks anymore. It's sagging down and into our waddles. That's, I'm making that up, but I assume that's why we have a waddle now. Reduction of collagen and fat leads then obviously to the sagging and the wrinkles. And it's why we get droopy eyelids or more hooded eyelids, crow's feet, nasolabial folds, and lip lines. Mm -hmm. So there are different things you can do about the wrinkles and the sagging. You can use a gentle acid, Annie mentioned one. Um, you can also use glycolic acid, dilute retinols, lactic acid. Dr. Murmur, who's a dermatologist, also recommends phyto, or I'm sorry, photobiomodulation. Well, that sounds real. Right? I know. <laughs> Send your money here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a real word. That's a real term. Yes. Photobiomodulation. It uses low levels of infrared rays to stimulate cell repair. It is $800 for the device. Mm -hmm. I do not know about its efficacy. You could also try a satin or silk pillowcase to sleep on because that supposedly helps to reduce 
the folds from your pillowcase affecting your skin and the collagen that's in there. I got a silk pillowcase for Christmas because I wanted to test this theory. Thus far, I have not noticed, although maybe that's what Steve meant today. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh my God. three weeks for it to pop, kind of. Maybe there is a correlation. It had nothing to do with me finally wearing makeup, but because of this pillowcase. So it's just for the happened. record, I, I've used a satin pillowcase for years. Well, that's why you're aging so nicely, I guess. That's really sweet of you. I don't think I'm aging particularly nicely, but I do. Well, your face. Right. Well, right. From the neck down, I'm just a train wreck. But <laughs> yeah, up here, I'm still pretty easy on the ass. <laughs> I endorse satin pillowcases, whether you're a female going through perimenopause or, or just a man that likes the feel of satin. I'm just putting that out there for everybody, okay. for all the male listeners out there. Get yourself a satin pillowcase. Right, all two of you. <laughs> that tuned into the podcast by accident. <laughs> They're riding in the car with their partners. Right. I'm talking to you also, because Beth has it on in the car and you're with her. <laughs> I got to listen to myself. That's how yeah. narcissistic I am. You can also uh, invest in Botox or fillers, right? Just don't go overboard and do like the weird lip things where your lip. Are you in the market for that later on, Beth? Botox? You interested? Uh, I haven't decided. I don't really have, I just have fine lines right now. So Annie and I, we do have good genetics, I will admit. And our mom was a kind of a vampire. Once she got into her thirties, she wore some block and a hat and everything without even like being told by a dermatologist, this is and what you can paid do. Off. Like she still looks good. It has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think some of that rubbed off on Annie and I too. So yes, we have been taking care of our skin for a while. I, I would say since my late 20s, early 20s, I didn't care. I just went, <laughs> would get, and both, Annie and I are both, she's way more fair and porcelain skin than I am, but we both burn really easily. Annie tends not to tan. At least I burn and then tan. So, but you didn't really answer the Botox question. We'll see. I'm, I'm open to Botox. I probably wouldn't do fillers. Say that again? Is filler or fillers just for your lips or what? No, I mean, you can get them in your cheeks too. Like anywhere. Like, that is, oh, wow. Don't do yeah. that. Come on. Well, I know. That's what I, I mean. I feel like I have good enough bone structure. I probably won't need it, but I would consider Botox. But then, you know, you hear about people who can't do right. I was gonna expressions say, like, anymore. It would be weird talking to you if your forehead didn't move. Right. I couldn't move my eyebrows. I just went like this. Right. Right, that'd be weird. Don't do that. Annie, what about you? Are you thinking about Botox? Is that an option? Is it on the no. table? Okay, thanks. That was a better answer than Beth's. That, <laughs> see, that's moving your eyebrows. Right. No, I have a very, yes, I have expressive, I'm not good at poker at all. Or bridge. We don't know that yet. That's true. We're we going to find out, though. Yes, we will. Yes, it's Perry. Yes, it's Perry. Must be Perry menopause. This ends episode four, Skin, Becoming a Teenager with Pimples and Wrinkles. Please join us for episode five, where we explore more skin conditions related to perimenopause. As always, thank you for joining us at Beth and Annie's Perimenopause Podcast. Bleed on.